The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Welcome Christian conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina and the editor at Liberty, excuse me, the editor at Sons of Liberty Media.com. And for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here for Rotten to the Core Wednesday on Sons of Liberty. And if you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and sonsoflibertymedia.com. If you want to watch the video portion of the show, you're listening by Red State Talk Radio, you want to catch us, uh, the video portion, we're going to be showing you several things this morning, uh, including one from Pope Francis. We're going to, we're going to be playing a video here that's quite lengthy, and... Um, we're going to, uh, if you want to watch that as well as listen to it, then join us online, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Scroll down right there on the right side of the page, and we are live. You can also watch that live video feed on my Twitter account at FPPTim, Periscope and Twitch at Setting Brushfires, our Facebook page, Bradley Dean SOL, our YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty, beforeitsnews.com, right there on the front of the page, right at the top. And then are you, excuse me, uh, finally on DLive.tv. And DLive is going to be the default for, if we get kicked off everything else, there it is, DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. You can also find us on Spreely, Gab, MeWe, Minds, and USA.life if you're branching out into any other social media platforms, as well as Telegram. Now, I'm going to try to remember to get Parler on there, guys, but I get so many things by the time I remember it, I'm just too tired to do anything. But we are on Telegram. Look up Sons of Liberty, and you can join us there on Telegram and share information back and forth with one another if you want to do that as well. The number to call in, if you've got a comment, please stick to the topic. Not Chinese buffet. <laughs> We're talking about specific things here. And the number is 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. And um, boy, today is going to be one of those things. I imagine I'm going to get the uh, Trump bots who pop in. Uh, from Facebook to do um, election promotions and stuff like that, so I'm, I'm assuming that's going to happen. But uh, in any case, we're going to have we're going to be talking about the new world order cometh. We're going to be talking about finishing up with what we spoke about last week: the Samaritan's Purse, the UN, Donald Trump and his UN Day promotion proclamation, um, the Vatican, and several other things. Going to throw some Freemasonry in there, the World Council on Churches. All of this stuff, kind of stuff, and to help me do that this morning is our own Lynn Taylor, the Common Core Diva. Good morning, Lynn. 
Well, hello, hello. <laughs> All right, so you're going to ruffle some feathers today, I'm sure of that, and that's okay because sometimes the ru- feathers need to be ruffled. And, and let me just input this. I've had some people in the chat yesterday saying, well, if you don't agree with Tim and Bradley, then you're wrong and they just kick you off. Well, for that particular person, the reason that he was kicked off was because he was using it as a he was using our platform as a spam outlet rather than actually bringing any information to refute what was being said. We don't mind people disagreeing with us. There's lots of people who come in who disagree with us. That's fine. But uh, but when you come and you call names and you you do other things and you throw it at us to say we don't know what we're talking about when we put you when we've given you the documentation then you're burying your head in the sand and then when you revert to just using it to spam Trump 2020 or whatever, something like that, then yeah, we're going to bump you off because that's not what the platform's for. No, you don't have free speech on that platform. You can still have, we're not cutting off your free speech. You can speak, but it's the same thing if the guy comes with a bullhorn onto my private property, he doesn't have the right to come on my private property with his bullhorn and talk. He does have the right to bullhorn and free speech if he wants to do it somewhere else off of my property but he doesn't have that right on mind. So when people come in, they have to understand the d- distinction between those things. So I just want to throw that out if there are those who come in and say, well, you you you're, you don't like censorship. And saying, no, it's not, Clinton. You don't even know what the, the term communism is. And this is what I'm talking about, the ignorance here uh, that, that we're dealing with with this particular individual. Anyway, we're not going to stick on that. We're, we got other things to cover here. So, um, you know, individual, if you want to call in, uh, that would be manly. That would be the manly thing to do. That would be that would be what would happen. Uh, but we have cowards anyway. Uh, Lynn, what do you got for us today? Well, um, to that end, let me just say, if you're going to um, try to refute anything that we bring up, just make sure you bring your research because we sure do. Well, that and that's why I'm that's why I'm addressing this. Uh, it's used. It's yeah. then was used as a spam platform. That's why I cut it off. If you disagree, that's one thing, uh, and we've let this mm-hmm. individual be on the platform disagreeing. But then when it was turned into a spam outlet uh, yeah. for political purposes, then that's something different. So go ahead and let us know well, what you got here because absolutely. we got a lot of stuff to cover okay. this morning. Yeah, we do. We have quite a bit, and I imagine we might go over today as far as our one hour, but that's okay because that's what it's here for because we've got to get this information out. We are finishing up our monthly theme about the U.N. declaring October as their month, so to speak, and last week we went into the Samaritan's Purse, the um, Graham family, and their uh, alignment with the United Nations, and I will say that I have... Um, reached back out to Samaritan's Purse again this week, and this is what I got told by a new person. Um, You know, I called last week and got passed around like a basketball. I was simply asking, you know, what is your statement from Samaritan's Purse on why you're aligning with such an ungodly organization as the United Nations? And I got told, well, someone will get back in touch with you. So when I called this week, I got told, excuse me, that I needed to be patient, Tim, because an answer like that needed to have some time devoted to it, and it was going to be longer to get back to me with that sort of statement. So that's that's what's up on that end. Okay. All right, so you give a chance for them to respond. Um, Not much of a response. Yeah. So all we got to go on, folks, is the documentation that Lynn has, and it's quite a bit. 
Yeah, absolutely. So to that end, until I hear from them or maybe they choose not to uh, respond as to why they have chosen to align, we're going to go with the evidence that we have. And that is, um, if you want to show that first image, I know it's a little bit blurry, but that was from the Union of International Associations for Non-Government Organizations or Intergovernment Organizations and Nonprofits, which that's what Samaritan's Purse is. That was the smoking gun if you will, Tim, that showed the Samaritan's Purse with those three main sustainable development goals that they are supporting, which is one, which is uh, ending poverty, four, which is supposed to be education, which is what we specialize on on Wednesdays, and then eight, of course, is the other avenue that um, we're seeing uh, take place, and that is decent work for all. Okay. All right, so if you got that up, then we yep, can move on. Okay, very good. Well, now the next thing that I have for everyone is there is a link from the U.S. Embassy news that will tie the Samaritan's Purse to the Vatican, and that is uh, with Ambassador uh, Ginrich. And so for all those who thought that Newt Gingrich was a good guy, you can see here how he's playing his part in the globalism. Now, is this the uh, U.S. Embassy to the Holy See, right? Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes, uh-huh. And if you want to read just a little bit of that for the folks who cannot see it. Yep, I've got it. All right. Oh, well, read it. Yeah, I'm sorry. A, yeah, just a, just a little bit because, see, I still don't have my um, – computer so i'm having to go off my phone well it's just saying faith-based organizations are vital in the in the fight against covid19 ambassador gingrich checked in with samaritan's purse to get an update of their life-saving work at their field hospital in cremona italy and it's got a few videos here as well yeah mm-hmm. so that'll be in the archives for folks to see mm-hmm. yeah and um, then I also provided another link for folks if they want to see it and this was how he was supportive of what um Samaritan's Purse is doing. So you've got two different links there. Yeah, um, American right. Help Arrive in Italy, Samaritan's Purse, and mm-hmm. this is written, this is actually the thing you're, you've got here. Uh, this is, a, yeah. I guess, an op-ed kind of deal for uh, Newt Gingrich. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. Now, I don't know if you've done any research on Mr. Gingrich or not, um, but I do know that um, he had been played as someone who was supposed to be sort of a straight and level guy, but here we find that, no, he's part of this um, globalism mess as well. Right. Absolutely. Okay, and then the big thing that we have, and this was sent to us by uh, one of our mutual uh, listeners, Brian, and uh, it's a 2018 article that will tie the Grams and Samaritan's Purse to the New World Order or the One World Government as well as the Freemasons, the occult through Wheaton College, President Carter, and so much more. So if you want to pull that one up. Yep, I've got it. All righty. So if you want to uh, just uh, hit some of the high spots for that particular article, Tim. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it's saying that a prominent icon passed away. This, I guess this was following uh, Billy Graham's death. Prominent icon passed mm-hmm. away. Evangelist Billy Graham acquired worldwide popularity. Uh, that's uh, qu- quite the contrast of what uh, Jesus Christ did during his uh, ministry here mm-hmm. upon the earth. He, um, he acquired worldwide popularity, considered, quote-unquote, America's preacher. From a seminary student 
to, to stardom status. He gained a legacy through his work sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Bible to worldwide television audiences with his quote-unquote crusades across national and international boundaries. Graham received the respect of dignitaries, world leaders, presidents, even popes for his missionary work. He had even earned a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. You guys want to check out uh, Bradley's talk on that. That's quite interesting as well. Some wonder how a preacher Mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ got past the persecutions and hostile religious boundaries of the world to be allowed passage into enemy territory. Some say must be a granted privilege of the Lord. Others question his associations and wonder if he had been assisted. However, is that in question? Many will overlook the questionable relationships he had to accept the good work, despite whatever shoulders he may have rubbed with along the way. Many Christians consider Graham yeah. a giant in preaching the gospel, so any question of his integrity is not popular. And, and folks, you'll find that his gospel started going really, really downhill the further along he went. I mean, he was t- talking about people from all kinds of cults and everything else being in the faith, even though they didn't know they were in the faith. I mean, it was it was uh, flat-out heresy. It's definitely uh, against what Paul mm-hmm. said, that if, if even if an angel from heaven come and they preach another gospel, then the one I've preached to you, let him be a curse, let him be anathemies, to be cut off. So all of that plays into what's going on here. And uh, you want to tell us a little bit more about what you found out on this? Sure. Well, if you read the article, continue to read that particular article, Tim, you're going to find that he's tied um, the ministry for Samaritan's Purse, which was founded by Billy Graham, is um, tied to Hearst Publications, the Freemasons, Norman Vincent Peale, which you have spoken on about what a charlatan he was, um, Armand Hammer, uh, of course, the New World Order, One World Government, the Catholic Church, the United Nations, the National Council for Churches, the World Council for Churches, um, the New Age occultism that can be found from Wheaton College, and then, of course, this also plays into the Global 2000 uh, report that President Carter, back in the day, uh, commissioned for uh, there to be a study, and this all centers on the sustainable development goals and, uh, of course, overreaches into education, which is what we specialize on each Wednesday. So that is the, that's, the, that's the big worm that's um, squiggling right in front of us. Yeah. Well, and we talked a little bit about this last week when we brought up some of the things mm-hmm. that Samaritan's Purse were doing. I mean, virtually everything they're doing in other countries is tied right to the sustainable development goals, and they're unashamed right. that they're they're joining hands with the darkness and by the way folks this wasn't you know some people got in the chat and they said well you can dig up dirt on anybody well we weren't digging up dirt what we were doing was showing what's out in the open this isn't yeah. this isn't rumor this isn't uh, mud slinging this is saying this is what this organization is doing right out in the open and a lot of the stuff the way they're doing it or at least how they're promoting it, mm-hmm. seems to be good things that we can help our neighbors with. No problem. I don't have any problem with that. The problem is, the Bible says, don't right. be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, everybody goes just mm-hmm. to, to marriage, but it goes beyond that. What are we yoking ourselves with when we do these kinds of things? And when you go to the UN, there is nothing uh, redeemable in their promotion because their promotion it eliminates God. I, I couldn't believe it. The other other day, I ran across a article that said 
somebody was against the UN because it was too Christian. <laughs> I said, what? Oh, my goodness. Uh, the, no, the, it is so not. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But but, but this is yeah, – is, 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 go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, there is nothing further from the truth than, than that particular organization being Christian because that's the one thing that is so troubling. And this is the thing that every time I've called Samaritan's Purse to get a statement on them, I'm like, why would you purposely choose to take an organization that's supposed to represent the Bible and Christianity and turn it in, turn it over to such an ungodly organization? And, of course, people are going to say, well, none of this has to do anything with education. Well, yes, it absolutely does because, as we've proven for what, over a year now, going on two years, the sustainable development goals are so permeated in education, both in public and private in our uh, education and our communities, that it is absolutely worth talking about and bringing up. Well, absolutely. And then as people go to the polls uh, this coming week, this is one of the issues that I have said all along. Uh, and I'm going to get um, a guy who's running in your state for U.S. Senate um, uh, on the show tomorrow from the Constitution Party. So, guys, you're going to hear from a candidate who will speak differently, a lot differently, than your two-party dog bowl WWEs that you get, whether it's on the state level or the federal level. Uh, you'll hear something different right. there. And uh, I want to. the point that I was making was uh, with him, as I did the other week with, with you when we talked or the past couple of weeks, if you've got a candidate who mm-hmm. is in support of the U.N. at all, you need to cast that guy aside. Either that or he's got to correct himself. I mean, if you're in support of the U.N. at any level, you are Mm -hmm. in support of the New World Order, despite whatever anybody else says. Uh, That's that's just what you're doing. Right. Right. Absolutely, they are. Well, now, if you want to show about the World Council of Churches, um, let me speak to that just a a couple of seconds. This is actually based in Switzerland. But it connects to the U.S. National Council of Churches, which is also known as the National Council of Churches for the Church of uh, Christ. Now, I wrote an article on them um, connected to the STEM, which is Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math, When, um, and I think that's in the archives as well that I have um, for folks today. But anyway, I wrote on the uh, Church of Christ and how they have gone over to the United Nations and as as far as the alignment. So we have that as well. But now, if you want to show that particular link, the um, national work that this particular council is doing ties directly to the Vatican and to the Pope, as well as the United Nations. And um, if that particular link does not work, you can go to that website and then just type in the United Nations, and you can pull up several different articles where it shows that this particular Council of Churches that is based here in America, as well as Switzerland, is doing actively to unite with the Sustainable Development Goals, the United Nations, and it goes back into not only education, Tim, but as we have been able to find out, the uh, economy, the jobs, and that sort of thing as well. Okay, all right. I had the uh, the particular search up, and I was showing people that uh, here. Okay. And uh, so we, we, we've covered that part. Um, now, this leads, sure. to, this leads to what we what we just experienced here with Donald Trump. Again, uh, this mm-hmm. is a man who says, make America great. Now, again, guys, I recognize there's been some good things, but here's, here's, the, here's the problem. If the guy's doing his job, what's there to really praise about doing the job 
within the Constitution. The problem is when you get outside of that and uh, when you get into things like promoting the LGBTQ RSTUV WXYZ Day, the Pride stuff, when you get into promoting UN Day, and there's a proclamation. I guess we're going to hit that here in just a second too, Lynn. Right. These mm-hmm. things are problematic. Yeah. This is what is really problematic for us uh, anyway in the first place. Absolutely it is. Now, one of the things I want to speak to before we get to this particular proclamation is um, on Sunday, the 24th of October, we just passed, that was uh, supposedly the UN Day. And what I did not know was that America has now come up with a national voting day, and that's used on the same day as the UN Day. And so I got to thinking, knowing as much research as I've done, and knowing that Congress has a bill on the table, H.R. 753, which is the Global Electoral Exchange Act, it kind of hit me that, wait a minute, you've got United Nations Day on Sunday, but you're also choosing to use the um, day for National Voting Day. And it got me to thinking about, wait a minute, what if this is a sign that they're putting right out in front of us, Tim, that, okay, we're going to use the same day to celebrate not only the United Nations, but this National Voting Day. And what happens when we totally abandon our Constitution, and that's the precursor uh, of one of the ways that we vote as a member state? And so a lot of people thought I was really smoking dope. I had my tinfoil hat on too hard or twisted too tight. But it's, it's not without reason to think that here we have the United States as an active member of the United Nations and they're choosing to use something about early voting which is unconstitutional anyway and they're going to use the same day to promote oh great how great it is to be able to vote well what happens when we lose our constitutional right to vote and we go over to the UN's way I mean it's really right in front of us and people are not waking up well, even if there's an issue of voting, and again, we go back to Stalin over this. He says it's not about that. It's about who's counting the votes. Mm-hmm. That, so, right. so see, we, we go across the world uh, saying we're going to promote democracy. Well, we don't even have democracy. Mm-hmm. Okay, We don't have right. that. That's not what we're here for. I know that's a shock to some mm-hmm. people, but we're a republic, and the difference between that is, is that we have laws. And you'll hear people like Newt Gingrich talk about the rule of law, or you hear other you know, Republicans or Democrats talk about the rule of law, but they don't believe in it and, unless it right. suits their fancy. They'll violate the Constitution all over the place. Look, let me let me give you an example, and I talked a little bit about this the other day, yesterday. What day am I in? Wednesday. Tuesday or Monday. <laughs> all my days run together, folks. I'm, I'm telling you. My, I thought I had written an article that I was quoting the other day. I thought I'd just written it a couple of or I, or actually, I was referencing Brett Kavanaugh, and I said, doesn't that seem like that was just this year? But that was 2018. And uh, so, so my days run together. I don't have dementia. I just, they run together. Everything runs together. Um, all of this kind of stuff, I'm, I'm making reference to some of these things. And um, 
And see, I went off and sawed the branch off behind me. I forgot the point I was going to make. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to be quiet and let you finish. But the but the pro, the the proclamation here on the UN and this idea that we're spreading uh, democracy. That's what I was going to do. That we're spreading it throughout the world. Yeah. And then when we go into the world and we set up quote unquote democracy, we're surprised that the people when they're quote unquote democratic, they're going to go and vote. They vote the same kind of leaders in that we just got rid of. Because that's yeah, how their exactly. culture's set up, and uh, I remember pointing that out with um, with something that Claire Lopez from you know former CIA lady, that she said we went in and we we or we constructed a constitution in Afghanistan that was Sharia based, and I said, well, lady, if if you go in there, you yeah. got to root out the root cause of what's causing this in the first place, and that's Islam. That means you need to take the gospel in there. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have Absolutely. to do more than soft pedal things, but they won't do that. That's the answer. They they want to kind of schmooze it over and conform it to them and put their put their puppets up so they can use them in those areas. That's what they're looking to do. They're not looking for uh, what is best for the country uh, and what actually glorifies God either. Well, think about it. Why in the world would Congress? who's supposed to be focusing on we the people in America, come up with a bill like H.R. 753, which is a global electoral exchange act. Now, supposedly, if you read the bill, Tim, which has passed the House, it's been sitting in the Senate since 2019, and, of course, we know that, uh, oh, so much has happened that Congress has, you know, totally been looking at instead of, you know, things like this. But here's the thing. That bill can come up at any time before this particular session is over. But if you look at the particular bill, it's, oh, well, it's supposed to allow other countries to come to America and America to go to other countries to study their election process. Tim, why in the name of all that's holy would we need to, as established as our voting process is, why would we need to go study other people's uh, election processes? Or why would we have them come over and look at ours? If you cannot see, this is setting up a total radical change that will not make America anything other than aligned and undermined. I don't know what what more evidence we need. Well, it's the same thing that happens when we bring troops from other countries. Some are even mm -hmm. enemies or should be considered enemies. Let me put it that way. They, we bring them over to train with our troops, and we're told, well, we're trying to win hearts and minds. This is the easier way than fighting. Look, I, I don't want war. Um, I'm the last person who wants to have a war. But the fact of the matter is you bring your enemies on your soil and you train them with your troops. You're just asking for trouble as far as I'm concerned. I, th I think the same thing is true about what you're talking about there. Right, and see, here's where it morphs over into education, because this is what is being taught, that this kind of stuff is okay, that, no, America's so twisted and so broken that we have to go and be more global, because that's the answer. No, that's not the answer. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Constitution says. So, you know, this is going over into our civics, and, of course, that is not just in K-12 through public education. That's in all levels of education, even, you know, if you've, um, even if you're in the community, you're going to see that that kind of thing as well. Well, let's let's hit this thing here. And by the way, uh, America doesn't sure. need to be more global. You're right. It needs to be more godly. It needs to repent. Yeah. Uh, God has called His people 
uh, to repentance. And if we will repent, we'll see him heal our land. We really will see that. But we've got to repent. We've got to quit idolizing men. We've got to thinking that men are the solution. I'm not saying God doesn't use men. But you right. can see it. And, and people will tell me, oh, I'm not making an idol out of this person or that person. But they are because they've put so much emphasis, so much energy, so much proclamation on that one person or somebody else that they think that mm-hmm. person is the one to save them, to deliver them from the communists, the socialists, the Islamists, the LGBTQ, the whatever it is, instead of seeing, wait right. a minute, you are the one to be used in this fashion and you're to do that as part of your repentance. This is what I was talking about when I talked about the Federal Reserve usury. And I, I made mention of Zacchaeus. He was doing one thing. And then instead of continuing to do it and justifying it, he repented. He turned from it. And he says, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to do what the law demands. I'm going to pay back whoever I stole from fourfold. Mm-hmm. So there, the right. repentance is starts up here in the mind. It comes from the heart where God changes the heart. He takes out a heart of stone. He gives a heart of flesh. And that comes through the gospel, and then that repentance goes from mind to action. How we think results in what we do. So just so people understand, that's how the gospel works. It doesn't just save you from hellfire. It changes you. It changes you as a person. And so that's something I want to, you know, make clear to people uh, as we move along. Now, can we read a little bit from this proclamation on the U.N. from the president? Yes, we need to, because okay. what we're doing is we're setting the stage for the rest of the broadcast, because this is central to propping up the Pope and all the other stuff that we're going to be talking about. So, yeah, go to that particular proclamation, and okay. you can find this on the White House yep. website. Um, and I know if you if uh, folks listened to yesterday afternoon's broadcast yep. with Bradley, he had Dr. June Knight on, and she was reading part of this particular proclamation as well. So, yeah, we're going to... Uh, Go to that, Tim, and if you want to hit some of the high points for that, for those who cannot see it, that would be super. All right. Uh, This is the proclamation on United Nations Day 2020, October the 23rd. 2020 is when it's uh, issued here. Today, on the 75th anniversary of the United Nations, we celebrate its commitment to peace and security. Now, they get peace and security through what? Force. (laughs) That's what they get it. Human Mm -hmm. rights. Yeah, right. Uh, Rule of law and development. The victorious allies conceived the U.N. in the ashes of two devastating world wars, welcoming all nations to join together to ensure peace and promote economic prosperity. See, that's the key right there. It's They start mm-hmm. with Marxism, not morality, not with the law of God. They start with Marxism, money. And Jesus said you'll either serve mm-hmm. God or serve money, so people understand where the foundation is. As a founding member of the U.N., which was chartered in San Francisco and is headquartered in New York, New York, the United States remains dedicated to those noble U.N. purposes and principles. They're not noble. They're devilish. We also recognize right. that the successes of the U.N. and its specialized agencies were built on precepts to ensure its good functioning, independence, impartiality, good governance, accountability, and transparency. They have none of that. They have none of the, well, maybe independence. Well, they're not even independent. They're dependent upon all of these these, uh, countries that are in there to pay them to exist in the first place. They don't exist on their own. All right. Mm -hmm. So he goes on, he says, because of our continuing belief in the UN's promise and our desire to see it be effective over the next 75 years. See, that's, this is why neither one of these yahoos running for for, uh, the president, presidency, need to be in office. All right. Because Joe Biden thinks the same thing. 
We're determined to make the yeah. UN more agile, effective, efficient, transparent, and accountable. Have they done that uh, since Donald Trump got in? Nope. nope. He gave some good speeches, but what's been done, really? Not, not any of that. These efforts will help the UN right. improve, adapt to crisis, and reach its full potential. Oh, we don't want that, that's for sure. If the UN is to be an effective organization, it must focus on the real problems of the world, including terrorism, the oppression of women, forced labor, drug cartels, human and sex trafficking, religious persecution, and the ethnic cleansing of religious minorities. Hello, Mr. President. In this country, that's the state's duty. That's the state's duty. Mm -hmm. So why are we looking to an outside entity that doesn't even believe in the core principles and values, which are biblical principles and values of the United States? I'll never know. So he goes on, the United States right. is forging a new path of unprecedented domestic and global prosperity, cooperation, and peace. Last month, I brokered historic peace deals between Israel and the United Arab Emirates and Israel and Bahrain, uh, paving the way for broader peace in the Middle East. You dispensational Christians out there looking for an antichrist, don't you guys talk about some guy setting peace with Israel and all that, yet you cheer on this guy? Um, it's very odd to me that, that you have that theology, that's the first thing. And then the second thing is that you don't see what's going on there, uh, at least from here, and you don't call it out. Anyway, known as the Abraham Accords, we watched, uh, I forget, was the guy, Steve Mnuchin, um, as he talked about uh, there before the UAE, and he was talking about the Abraham Accords and Jesus and then Muhammad and all of this stuff, and blah, 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 blah. And look, let me just put it straight, because uh, we're just we're not going to have time to read this. You guys can read it later. Right. Yeah. When we talk about Abraham and the faith of Abraham, we need to be clear on that. There is one people who have the faith of Abraham, and Paul writes in the book of Galatians, it's those who have the faith of Abraham. I don't care if, you're, if you call yourself a Christian, I don't care if you call yourself a Jew, I don't care if you call yourself a Muslim, whatever. If you don't have the faith of Abraham, and that is in the promised seed, the Lord Jesus Christ, if you don't have that, you are not a child of Abraham. You're not a part of the covenant of Abraham. You're just not. Okay, you're not a part of that. And that may sting to hear, but that's what the Bible says. I didn't write the words. Those are God's words. And they came through the Apostle Paul under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that we're to repent of our sin and we're to believe just as Abraham did when God told him, hey, you're going to have a son. He believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. And so that's that you want to see the family of Abraham, you want to see the children of, Israel, uh, of Abraham, you want to see the true Israel, it's the people who have the faith of Abraham, and that's the ones who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Sorry, I don't mean to get off uh, the subject here, but when I read that, I always want to correct that because this idea that they're Abrahamic faiths, they're not. They're really not when it comes down to it. Oh, absolutely, and that's fine. But here's the thing, you know, it's not so people think we're not just picking on uh, President Trump. No, it's it's any president within those um, 75 years because that's, Amen. you know, when the United Nations was founded. But here's what I found was that all this particular information that's in this proclamation ties almost directly to a, Car- a President Carter's Global 2000 report. i, I sent that in the resources, Tim, if you want to show that to folks so they know what they're looking at. But in this particular report, it's using the State Department and the Council for Environmental Quality to bring about all this 
garbage for sustainability for the 21st century, and this was written back in the 80s, okay? Uh, the president at that point, President Carter, commissioned this particular report, and the Institute for 21st Century Studies was funded by the Rockefeller Brothers, okay? So here's where we're starting to see some of this Common Core Machine stuff kick in. That will tie back to that particular article that Brian shared with us where you're going to see a lot of the organizations named. But here are some of the other organizations that you're going to find that we've talked about through the years um, of our broadcast. The USAID, all right, that's going to be on page 10. The Carnegie Foundation will be on page 10. Merkin Company, which is helping to work with the vaccine, on page 11. Um, the National Academy of Sciences it will be on that same page. The University of Georgia, as much as I love that particular institution, they're in this as well. Uh, education gets its first mention on the preface page. Uh, that's going to be uh, page 13. You're going to see the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development on page 27. The Department of Energy on page 41. Climate changes were brought up on page 49. The World Bank, page 54. In Appendix A on page 57, you're going to see all the other global models, Tim, that were used for America to change itself from within to match all this globalism. And you want to pay attention particularly to the Latin American model because um, the people who did this report for President Carter felt that this particular global model was so good it had to be replicated. And then think about the fact that the first Agenda 21 meeting took place where? In Brazil. And the UN models on global education, where did they take place? In Brazil. Where is that showing up? In America. You're going to see the Club of Rome models from 1972, and that's called the Limits to Growth. You'll see the United Nations model on page 58. Then in Appendix B, the letter of transmittal, you'll see that there is the nebulous use of the words other U.S. government agencies. It doesn't tell us which ones, but the focus of this particular report is sustainability, change America, because we have to have jobs and income that um, align to globalism. Right. And uh, one of the things that we're going to do is we're moving into this issue of the Vatican uh, and yeah. Pope Francis, especially, he's re, um, to relaunch a global compact on education. Uh, and then mm -hmm. you've got this for people to take a look at. And we're going to play yep. quite a lengthy thing from him because I think it's important. We're probably going to run over, guys. In fact, I know we're going to run over because oh, yeah. we went a little bit long here. Yeah. So if you're on Red State Talk Radio okay. and you want to catch the end of the show, once we, we're cl we'll pause and close out at the end of the show. Um, you guys can join us on YouTube, Facebook, DLive, any of those that I gave out before, Periscope, Twitch, uh, or on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com or Before It's News. And because what the Pope had to say here should open people's eyes to what's going on. You also have this one, a nun exposes the Pope as the devil, <laughs> as Francis mm -hmm. endorses reinventing the Global Education Alliance hosted at the Vatican in 2020. We've got a video on that, but I don't think we're going to be able to get to that. Uh, no, Lynn, we're not going to have time, but that can be in the resources for everybody. Okay. But before we play the video... Um, of the Pope, let me just say, because it is the entire broadcast is about one and a half hours. In the very first part of it, the introduction, you will hear Italian. You'll also hear English, but the English is going to be very, very hard to hear. So if you have the capability to eliminate um, 
one sound and put the other sound ahead of it, that would be a good thing. But the point of it is you're going to hear some buzzwords um, like I did for universal solidarity, for courage for people to step up to be a service to their community and that sort of thing. Uh, you're going to hear about the urgent need to promote education, especially since COVID, because after all, it showed, you know, all this pandemic has showed just the, the crisis that's going on in education. You're going to hear about compliance to being uh, COVID safe with education, with teachers and students and other stakeholders. You're going to hear um, all this kind of stuff about the previous launch that the Pope took for global education and um you want to make sure you listen for that. Then you're going to hear about the four pillars that Pope Francis thinks that education needs to have as well. And he's using drama and fear and a attitude of we all have to be common about this. We all have to be comprehensive because this is such a big crisis that there's just no way out, and I'm the Pope, and I'm going to lead you out of this. Right, right. So do you, are, you, are we ready to get to this? Uh, and by the yes, way, here's we what... Are. We- Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll pause right at the end of the show, uh, give you time to let people sure. know where they can find you, and then we'll pick it up on the other side of the end of the show, so you guys be looking for that. This is uh, beginning around seven minutes, and from what I understand, Lynn, we're going to mm-hmm. be able to, um, uh, and if you will, if you can mute your end of the phone until it's done, um, what we're going to do is we're going to play, it's a. It's roughly about 20 minutes or so, I think. Uh, we're going to go mm-hmm. somewhere to uh, 25 44 in this from seven minutes so we're going to begin that now and then we'll i'll pick up as we close out the show okay you guys hang on here it comes core in his teachings and in the dialogue with the world let's see it together dear brothers and sisters when i uh, invited you to begin this process of preparation consultation and planning for a global pact on education We could never have imagined the situation that uh, would have uh, developed in the meantime. COVID has accelerated and magnified many of the issues and needs that we had uh, identified. And it has also uncovered several others as well. Concerns about health care are now accompanied by uh, economic and social concerns. Educational systems worldwide have felt the effects of the pandemic on all levels, at schools and in universities. Attempts have been made everywhere to offer a rapid response through uh, online educational platforms. And these have brought to light a marked disparity in educational and technological opportunities. But they have also made us realize that uh, due to the lockdown and many other already existing needs, large numbers of children and adolescents have fallen behind in the natural process of schooling. Recent uh, statistics from international agencies have led some to speak of an educational catastrophe. Perhaps somewhat hastily, but That is what is being referred to, an educational catastrophe. As much as some 10 million children are forced to leave school as a uh, result of the economic crisis uh, caused by the coronavirus. 
This has uh, only increased an already alarming uh, educational gap with over 250 million children in the age bracket which includes children going to school who are now excluded from all educational activities. And faced with this dramatic situation, we know that uh, the necessary health care measures will uh, prove inadequate unless accompanied by a new cultural model. We have now become uh, more aware of the need to change our model of development so that we can ensure that the dignity of the human person is respected and protected. And development ought to start from the opportunity that global interdependence offers to communities and peoples to care for our common home and to foster peace. We are experiencing a comprehensive crisis that cannot be reduced or limited to uh, any single sector or context. It is a comprehensive crisis. The pandemic has led us to realize that uh, what is really in crisis is our way of understanding reality and of relating to one another. And in this context, it's obvious that uh, Neither simplistic solutions nor wishful thinking will do. Education, as we know, is meant to be transformative. To educate is to take a risk and to give hope to the present, a hope that can shatter the determinism and fatalism that the selfishness of the strong, the conformism of the weak, and the ideology of the utopians would convince us is the only way forward. To educate is always an act of hope, one that calls for cooperation and turning a barren and paralyzing indifference into another way of thinking, one that uh, recognizes our interdependence. If our educational systems are presently marked by a mindset of replacement and repetition and are incapable of opening up new horizons in which uh, hospitality, intergenerational solidarity and the value of transcendence can give birth to a new culture, would this not signify that we are failing to take advantage of the opportunity offered by this historic moment? We also know that the journey of life calls for hope, hope grounded in solidarity. All change requires a process of education in order to uh, create new paradigms new paradigms capable of responding to the challenges and problems of the contemporary world of understanding and finding solutions to the needs of every generation and in this way contributing to the flourishing of humanity both now and in the future we consider education to be one of the most effective ways of making our world and history more human 
Education is above all a matter of love and responsibility handed down from one generation to another. More human, as he pushes transhumanism. As such, education is a natural antidote to the individualistic culture, which at times degenerates into a true cult of the self and the primacy of indifference. Our future cannot be one of division, impoverishment of thought, imagination, attentiveness, dialogue, and mutual understanding. That cannot be our future. Today there is a need for a renewed commitment to an education that uh, engages society at every level. Remember, this is a man who protected pedophiles. Let us heed the plea of the young, which opens our eyes to both the urgent need and the exciting opportunity of a renewed kind of education that is not tempted to look the other way and thus favoring grave social injustices, violations of rights, terrible forms of poverty and the waste of human lives. What is called for is an integral process that responds to those situations of loneliness and uncertainty about the future that affect young people and generate depression, addiction, aggressiveness, verbal hatred and bullying this entails a shared journey that is not indifferent to the scourge of violence, the abuse of minors, the phenomenon of child marriage and child soldiers. This guy has presided over thousands. The tragedy of children sold into slavery. Of unprosecuted molestations of church by his priests. To say nothing of the suffering endured by our planet as a result of a senseless and heartless exploitation that has led to a serious environmental and climatic crisis. There are certain moments in history in which it is necessary to make radical decisions that can not only shape our future and our way of life, but above all, it can shape our stance in the face of possible future scenarios. And amid the present health crisis and the poverty and confusion it has caused, we believe this is the time to uh, undersign a global compact on education for and with future generations. This calls for a commitment on the part of families, communities, schools and universities, institutions, religions, governments, and all of mankind in a training mature men and women. Today we are called to have the necessary parousia, to leave behind superficial approaches to uh, education and the uh, many shortcuts associated with utility, with uh, standardized test results functionality and bureaucracy 
which confuse education with uh, instruction and end up atomizing our cultures. Instead, we should aim to impart an integral, participatory and polyhedral culture. We need the courage to uh, generate processes that consciously work to overcome the existing fragmentation and the conflicts that uh, we all bring with us. We need the courage to uh, renew the fabric of relationships for the sake of a humanity capable of speaking the language of fraternity. The value of our educational practices will be measured not simply by the results of standardized tests, but by the ability to uh, affect the heart of society and to uh, help give birth to a new culture. A different world is possible. And uh, we are called upon to learn how to build it. This will involve every aspect of our humanity, both as individuals and as communities. Let us appeal in particular to men and women of culture, science, and sports, artists, and media professionals in every part of the world. We ask them to uh, join in supporting this compact and promoting by their testimony uh, and by their efforts the values of care for others, uh, peace, justice, goodness, beauty, acceptance. All right, um, let, me, let me pause it right there and let's get ready to close out the show. I want to I let everybody understand something. This guy... I talks about caring for minors and stuff. I was just commenting on that. He is, I mean, there are thousands of cases before the Vatican over molestation by priests. That, and, and a lot of that is pushed through an unbiblical uh, doctrine of celibacy that they're pushing on their priests. Overall, men and women marry. That's just what they do. In fact, when you look to uh, biblical elders, bishops, as they are uh, in First Timothy, or Titus, when you look at deacons, they're to be those who have wives. Hello. They demonstrate that they can lead through their example in their families. That's how they get in the position they're in. This guy's done that. He's covered up that kind of stuff. This guy talks about giving to the poor, taking care of him. He lives in a palace, folks, with 1,100 servants who wait on him hand and foot. He wears all this gold. He wears all these different cloaks and stuff. Somebody mentioned making money off the poor. His predecessors made money and continued to make money for the Vatican through the sale of indulgences, fairy tales to, to poor people who, who they're selling to gullible poor people. I just want people to understand who's talking here. It is a devil, okay? We've got about 20 seconds here, Lynn. I want you to tell people where they can find out more about you. On the other side of the end of the show, you guys want to join us on YouTube, uh, Sons of Liberty Media, Facebook, or DLive, or before it's news, you can jump in. Lynn, you got about uh, 15 seconds. Tell people where they can find you. Okay, blog is commoncordiva.com. You can find me on localactivist.org, usa.life, me, we, Twitter, parlor, Facebook. All right, I apologize. I had the music up there. I didn't cut the thing off there. Guys, join us on the video, and we're going to play the rest of this. 23 hours. We'll be back with you. See ya.
Okay. All right. Uh, for those who are coming in from, uh, and let me turn off the phone banks here. And for those who are coming over from Red State Talk Radio, we're happy to have you guys on whatever platform you picked up here. We're going to play the rest of this. It goes about another uh, six or seven minutes here. Uh, and then we're going to talk just a little bit about a couple other things, and then we're going to close out the show. So here we go, folks. And fraternity. We should not expect everything from those who govern us, for that would be childish. We have the space we need for co-responsibility in creating and putting into place new processes and changes. Let us take an active part in renewing and supporting our troubled societies. Today we have a great opportunity to uh, express our sense of fraternity, to be good Samaritans who bear the pain of other people's troubles rather than fomenting greater hatred and resentment. This calls for a pluralistic and multifaceted process in which all of us can work to provide meaningful responses in which diversity and methods are harmonized in the pursuit of the common good. The ability to create harmony, that is what we need today. For these reasons, we uh, commit ourselves personally and together to make human persons in their value and dignity the center of every educational program, both formal and informal, in order to foster their distinctiveness, beauty and uniqueness, and at the same time their capacity for relationship with others and with the world around them while at the same time teaching them to reject lifestyles that uh, encourage the spread of the uh, throwaway culture. Secondly, to listen to the voices of children and young people to whom we pass on values and knowledge in order to build together a future of justice and peace and a dignified life for every person. Thirdly, to encourage the full participation of girls and young women in education. Fourthly, to see in the family the first and essential place of education. Fifth, to educate and de to be educated of the need for acceptance, and in particular, openness to the most vulnerable and marginalized. Sixth, to be committed to finding new ways of understanding the economy, to understand politics, to understand growth and progress, so that they can truly serve humanity and the entire human family within the context of an integral ecology. Seventh, 
to safeguard and cultivate our common home, protecting it from the exploitation of its resources, and to uh, adopt a more sober lifestyle, marked by the use of renewable energy sources and respect for the natural and human environment in accordance with the principles of subsidiarity, solidarity, and a circular economy. Dear brothers and sisters, we want to commit ourselves courageously to developing an educational plan within our respective countries, investing our best energies and introducing creative and transformative processes in cooperation with civil society. In this process, our point of reference should be the social doctrine, which is inspired by the revealed Word of God in Christian humanism. It provides a solid basis and a vital resource for discerning the paths to follow in the present emergency. The goal of this educational investment, grounded in a network of human and open relationships, is to ensure that everyone has access to quality education, one in line with the dignity of the human person and our common vocation to fraternity. It is time to look to the future with courage. We don't have a common vocation for fraternity. What in the world? May we be supported by the conviction that education bears within itself a seed of hope, the hope of peace and justice. All of this without the the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing has been mentioned about Christ, his work, or the Bible. The hope of social harmony. Let us remember, brothers and sisters, that uh, great changes are not produced from behind desks or in offices. No. There is an architecture of peace to which various institutions and individuals in society contribute, each according to its own area of expertise, without excluding anyone. This is how we must move forward, all of us together, each as we are, but always looking ahead, together to the building of a civilization of harmony and unity, in which there will be no room for the terrible pandemic of the throwaway culture. Thank you. All right. Uh, <clears throat> there, there's so many problems with uh, the, with what this cat's saying, and he's a devil, by the way. Uh, the the thing that amazes me most, and folks, you can understand why our reform forefathers. I know a lot of people like to poo-poo them and stuff, but there there were the Protestant Reformation, okay, Luther, Zwingli, Calvin. Uh, Knox, all those guys coming out from all of Europe there who broke the back of the papacy at the time. By what? 
Well, we need a utopian kind of concept and we need education and acceptance. No, they stood in the pulpits. They had the word of God and they thundered the word of God. That's what destroyed the tyranny of the papacy at the time. And now people are starting to embrace this kind of nonsense. You know, Lynn, this is supposed to be a guy who claims to be a Christian. He takes the title Vicarious Christi, the vicar of Christ, Christ on earth, his representative on earth. And yet he says nothing about Christ in this 25 minutes here. He's or not 25 minutes. How many minutes? Was it? About 18 minutes. He says nothing about yeah. Christ, nothing of the gospel, nothing of repentance, nothing of glorifying God, nothing of enjoying the creator, nothing of doing our duty before the creator. It's all about utopianism. It's about the, I, I heard everyone, because we went through it the other week, those sustainable development goals. He hit on every one of them there in his mm-hmm. education speech. And he's pushing all of that stuff and saying, we're, we have a common uh, fraternity. No, we do not. We are all human. We're all made in the image of God. That's true. But, <clears throat> We're to be those who are to be salt and light in the world. We're not to sit here and come alongside the world and be a part of it. And that's the distinction of what this devil is saying. Look, folks, this this is how Satan works. He tells you things you want to hear, and sometimes he'll quote he'll quote scripture. We see that with Jesus and the. Um, uh, in the in the temptation in the wilderness, this is why I tell you when a politician all of a sudden starts throwing out Jesus Christ, you know, somebody's more popular than me, Jesus Christ. And I'm not a Presbyterian anymore. I'm not going to name any names. I'm not a Presbyterian anymore. I'm a non non denominational Christian. But I'm going to fraternize with the Antichrist of the Islamic world, and I'm going to fraternize with the occultic Jews, and I'm going to do all of these other kinds of things. Well, wait a minute. Hang on a second. That sounds like devilishness to me if you're not going to confront them with the gospel because even as a president, if you claim to be Christ, you are to disciple the nations. You're to be teaching them. And I don't see any of that coming out of uh, this speech here from Pope Francis at all, Lynn. Right. Well, you won't. And I tell you what, if you got lost in what all was being said, don't feel bad because there was a there was a lot of words. There were a lot of words to say a lot of nothing, um, and it, it's quite all right. But if you didn't catch some of the stuff, we have a natural process of schooling. No, we have a natural process of learning. We don't have a natural process of schooling. Okay, and you can trace that back to the Bible as well. Um, this thing about you know we have to hyper focus on this urgent need that COVID has brought up. Uh, there's an economic crisis, okay? Uh, yeah, there's, and, and we're not done with that economic crisis yet. But education was brought up, but again, it was done at the hands and feet of the economy, of the jobs, of that sort of thing. And that, again, leads to this learn-to-earn garbage that we're seeing being pushed, not just by the Pope, but the United Nations. We see it in our education system no matter what choice you're in, it's we got to hurry up and get this done so we can hurry up and get out there and get a job, and we got to hurry up and do this and hurry up and do that, and we're we're ruining children's lives because we have to hurry up and do all this stuff that's going to get them where aligned right to the United Nations. Yep, yep, they're the cog in the wheel, as you put it. They are those uh, oh, yeah. who who will be another brick in the wall. Uh, to quote Pink mm-hmm. Floyd, I mean that that's what they're that's what that's what they're setting them up for is just to be right. another brick in the wall 
in the Tower of Babel where they're trying to build that up again. You're no different than your brother. You're no different than your sister. You're the same. You're all the same except for those of us at the top. And we'll direct you little peons as to where we want you for our glory and for our benefit rather than for the glory of God and for the advancement of the kingdom of God. Right. And I want to point out that the Pope is taking credit for global education. And he's saying, um, and I can't remember where I found it, but I did find it yesterday, that it was because of his ideas on what education should look like that this whole push for global education has begun. No, the United Nations has had this in the works for years. And that's one of the things that this particular um, other resource that we're going to have in the archives where Mother Marion was warning about the fact that you know, here's the Pope, he wants to do this, this, and this. And this particular um, meeting that was just, that we just showed where the Pope was addressing everyone, that was a postponed, uh, that particular um, meeting was supposed to have taken place in May of this particular year, but because of COVID, it got postponed, and so that's why we have it. And, of course, they chose October to do this in because this is, you know, what we're seeing, that the United Nations is taking over um, everything. And so, you know, the Pope is taking credit where he doesn't need to take it, but, you know, look at who he is. Now, in the resources, I did spot um, an error that I made. It's Bob Jones University, not Bib Jones. So, anyway, but if you think it's just Samaritan's Purse we're picking on, no. You can see in the archives I've got information on Notre Dame, Bob Jones, Liberty University, Concordia, and other supposed Christian organizations and education systems that are connected to not only the United Nations, but the Common Core machine as well as I call it. You'll see that I've got updates um, from 2017 and then from this year as well on how all this is taking place, not just in public education, Tim, as we have stressed throughout the years that we've been doing this, but private education, church education, homeschooling, online learning, in our communities for adult education, and as as you saw or as you heard in the Pope's address, this is meant for everyone, formal and informal learning. So, you know, if you think you're going to escape this, no, you're not. Yeah, there, there is, you know, someone mentioned, uh, you know, tell me the rapture's coming. God, God's not going to pull you out of this. He'll lead you through it. He'll deliver you through it. But there's nobody coming to take you out of it. That's the point. And so we're called to occupy until Christ does return on the last day when he judges all men. But we're called to occupy now. That means we've got to stand up. We've got to take a stand. And, mm-hmm. you know, folks, I understand that some get scared. But here's, the, here's, the, here's what the Scripture says. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of peace, love, and right. a sound mind. He hasn't called us to shrink back from the enemy, but to charge the gates of hell. They shall not prevail against the church. So there has to be a standing against the evil. The Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against it. You and I are to be that standard. Okay, it's not just Lynn and I on the radio. You guys in the chat, many of you are standards in your areas. You're doing it here in the chat. Many of you are taking that stand, and you're doing what you're supposed to do. Because here's 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 the bottom line. The solution to all this is for God's people to stand up against the evil. 
that's the solution. It isn't to look to politicians. They, how many times do you have to vote over hundreds of years in America to think that the politicians are going to do you some kind of favor? They're not. They're, they're, out, they're out there to do whatever their masters tell them to do. And yes, that includes the current president and the current Congress and both sides of the aisle. They're playing WWE on you guys. I've told you this over and over. Somebody said I'm gutless for not playing the Biden or Trump. The, the reason is I don't play for them. I don't, I don't promote either one of them that way is because they're part of that system. They're put up to you as their, you know, one is the good guy and one is the bad guy. But both of them violate the Constitution. So when you're a lawbreaker, what does that make you, a good guy or a bad guy? I'm just asking. Both of them promote the U.N., both of them promote the sustainable development goals in one way or another. Both of them would promote education, which is not authorized. There's no authority given to the federal government. In fact, Donald Trump came out. He wanted to you know, go against the 1619 project, which is noble to go against it. But the fact of the matter is he has no authority to install his, what is it, 1776 project of education. He has no authority to do that. And so this yes, is why I spoke on that. Yep, we have spoke on that. And this is what people don't get, Land. They think, well, but he's better than Biden. I asked the question when people said it about Hillary. What are you saying with that? How how good do you have to be to be better than Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden? How how good do you have to be? But because there's enough distinction in what's said or some things that are done, one is better than the other in people's eyes. But the agenda continues in the same direction. doesn't matter if it's going at full speed or if it's going at 50% or whatever. It's still going in that direction. And you can't talk about really making America great unless you reverse that. You reverse the direction that you're going in. Now, with that said, and I'm going to let Lynn have the final word and close out the show. Has Donald Trump done some things to reverse some things? Yes. Yes. And I've, I wrote on those early on, even uh, in, in some other things. There have been some things that have uh, reversed some things. We saw that most clearly with, within the EPA of reversing some things. But then on top of that, he dumps things like the USMCA, which we've talked about too, Lynn. And the USMCA mm-hmm. starts, it, it's, it really allows for all those things that he was dumping to be put back in by another government entity that's over the United States, Canada, and Mexico. That's to be set up under the USMCA, but you weren't told that by Donald Trump, were you? you no, know, you weren't told about that. That is, a, that is just a bigger sell. Again, it's the magician. He's got over here with his left hand getting you to look at it, and over here with the right hand, he's doing the trick where you're not seeing it. And <clears throat> I think this is the same thing. He Look, he's a master at doing that uh, because people like what he says. Some of the things are constitutional. Some of the things are not constitutional. But when we get down to what what's actually being done, there is a sellout. And I think even you used those terms yesterday at the end of Bradley's show. If people want to check that out, go to our YouTube channel. Sorry about that. Uh, go to our YouTube channel. And you can hear uh, where June Knight was on and also Lynn comes at the end. I think you were talking about, or June was talking about, the selling, Donald Trump selling us out to the U.N. with this U.N. Uh, Day proclamation and some other things that were tied to there as well. I'm going to give you the final word on this, Lynn. Okay, well, yeah, Trump did sell us out. But, you know, guess what? Um, 
he's not the only president who has done it. Um, he's not the only president Agreed. who's made a proclamation on the UN uh, day as well. But you know, it's going to continue to ramp up under this administration, even if it continues. And if Biden gets in, it's going to also um, continue to ramp up. So it's not going away. And, you know, yeah, I'd like Jesus to come and take me home, too. But until then, we've got a lot of work to do. We absolutely do. Now, this month, we have been focusing on uh, the United Nations and its overreach into education. For the first show in November, we're going to look at another declaration that has recently been signed by our sitting president. And we're going to look at how it takes education with it, but through health care. Well, I'm not surprised at that either. (laughs) Yeah, but that's what's coming next week. So that'll be in November, and we'll be on we'll be on God's time next time instead of uh, daylight saving time. So that's a good thing. <laughs> okay. All right, Lynn. Uh, let's close out the show. Tell people again, real quickly, and you don't have to do it as fast as okay. you can because we got time. Take your time, get a <laughs> breath, and tell people where they can find out more about you and your work and how they can support you. Okay. Okay, all right. You can find me on commoncordiva.com. That is my blog. If you feel so led to donate, hit the uh, donate button because what I do is a labor of love. I would love to be able to come back out on the road and speak to folks. I know everybody's tired of being stuck at home or whatever, um, but that's one of the things I love to do, and it is through the generosity of folks that I'm able to do that. So there is that option. You can also find me on localactivist.org. You can find me at usa.life. Me, we, but not much longer because I have found that they are just as bad as Zuckerberg on Facebook. So I will not be there much longer. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Parlor, Facebook, I'm under Common Core Diva as well as U.S. Parent Call to Action, uh, Breaking News Journal TV, which is available through Amazon Fire Stick or Roku Stick. Uh, you can subscribe there. And uh, if you have any sort of information for me that you think I need to know, uh, you can email me at commoncordiva at gmail.com. All right, Lynn Taylor, the Common Core Diva, we appreciate you very much coming in week after week after week, all the all the work that you do. And guys, if you know, we don't beg for money, but uh, they're in the video description. There's links there if you want to donate or if you want to become a son or daughter of Liberty, which is a monthly donation. You can set up for that, uh, you know, we do what we do. We don't have our hands out for money. We tell you we have needs that we have. If you'd like to support the ministry, please do so. We love you guys. We appreciate you very much. And uh, you guys have a great day. Look for the archive at sonsoflibertymedia.com if you want to share it with your friends. We also have tons of stuff that Lynn has pulled out, including all the stuff that we've talked about here, that you can go and research it for yourself. You can share it with your friends. Wake the people up. And not only wake them up, get them out of the bed. Get them dressed. Get, you know, get, the, get them in the shower. And, and get them clothed in righteousness so they can go out and fight these things. Not so they can just say, oh, I know something, I'm awake. Well, you're not really awake if you're not in the fight, okay? So we want action, not just being woke, as it were. So until tomorrow, Thursday morning, Lord willing, we'll be back with you at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. See ya.